Hey, hey, friend, I am so excited to share this with you today. Well, the episode, but also last week I mentioned that today the brand new, super simple, straight to the point course on how to begin homeschooling is open. You can enroll right now. So let me give you the details. Are you ready for the name? Okay. I just wanted to keep it super simple because let's just get this done. But basically, this is called the Beginner's Guide to Homeschooling. And what it is going to do is going to walk you through. And in the fact of like only one week, in one week, can you imagine one week you have your homeschool figured out for the entire year and you have goals and a vision for the entirety of all of your homeschooling years? Yes, that's what it's going to get you. Forget all of those wasted hours Googling how to start homeschooling. Homeschool curriculum for blank grade. How do I homeschool in my state? We're not going to do any of that. No more searching on social media either, seeing what people are doing and trying to put that together. Nope, we're going to skip all of that. And I'm going to save you hours upon hours and days and weeks and months of searching for all this separate information. And it is all in one place in the Beginner's Guide to Homeschooling. You have either been thinking about homeschooling pulling your kiddos out of school, or just starting fresh from the beginning, or maybe you did start and it's going pretty rocky because you don't have that solid foundation. You haven't even figured out exactly what curriculum you should be using for your kiddos. Let's stop wasting time. Let's stop agonizing over all of the decisions and get yourself into the beginner's guide for homeschooling. You're going to head to littlebylittlehomeschool.com and all of the information is going to be right there for you. And it's going to guide you on how to set up the beginning of this homeschool journey for your family, just step-by-step. And in one week, you can be up and running and feeling way ahead of how you would be feeling if you were taking the time to just Google everything and look up everything separate and ask this person and follow this person on social media. Let's just cut to the taste. Let's just get her done. Okay, mama. So head over to littlebylittlehomeschool.com for all the details on the beginner's guide to homeschooling. And now let's jump into today's episode all about instilling a love of reading in your homeschooler. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, Homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. If you've been around the homeschool uh, circle here for more than a hot minute, you have seen so much about reading and how everybody who is a homeschool mom or somebody who speaks into homeschoolers, writes books or is on social media, has a blog, we're all telling you that it's so important for your kids to read. And you're like, why? But my, or you have kids that are struggling with reading. You can't get them to read. I mean, if you really look at it in our fast paced technology right now, reading seems really archaic and it is not something that 
is really celebrated outside of, say, the educational circles, probably. But I want you to stop, and I really want you to look at those who are succeeding in whatever realm that they want to succeed in. So whatever way they want to succeed, most likely, at some point, you have seen them reference some author, or you've seen them reading books, or they talk about books. Well, it's not a coincidence that those two things are interrelated. So what we need to do is we need to figure out how and why is this important and how do I get my kiddos to love learning, whether they're really young and they haven't even started or you are homeschooling and or you're about to bring your kiddo home from homes from public school and you're like, they don't love to learn anymore. Well, let's talk about that right now because I do see it's important, but wait and listen until the end because I do have a disclaimer that I want to give you as well so that I, cause I don't want you to put a ton of pressure on yourself and feel like a failure. If this isn't what is this, this isn't working, but I'm going to give you some tips and some tricks here too. Okay. But first listen to this story and tell me if this sounds a little bit like you. Most of us, I think here are, we're homeschooling our kids, but we were not homeschooled. We went through either public or private school and my journey might sound familiar to you. As an elementary age student, I, I struggled learning how to read. Once it clicked though, probably about mid elementary school, which ding, 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 that right there should really tell you something. There is a huge push for five-year-olds and six-year-olds, those in kindergarten to read a huge push for them by the end of their kindergarten year to read. Did you know that the average age of learning to read is between the ages of five and 12? And when I look back on my journey, I was probably about nine or so. So when you are feeling like you need to put the pressure on your kiddo to learn how to read at a young age, I want you to stop and I want you to think about your own journey. I want you to ask your husband about his journey to reading. I want you to ask friends and family, and you might start to notice that that statistic of the average age between five and 12 is actually accurate. And so what we need to do is we need to ignore the guidelines. We need to ignore um, the protocol, let's say, that the school system has. And we just need to go with human nature here at this point. So my journey included having a beginning of struggling to read, learning to read. And when it clicked, I loved to read. But I had really limited access to books the library and going to the library wasn't as big of a deal like in within school as it is now. And going to the library outside of school, I, I don't know that there was like a children's section. We went maybe once in a while. And this is nothing against my upbringing, my parents or anything. It just, things were different. I mean, if, if you grew up in the 80s and 90s and went to the library a lot, let me know because maybe it was just me, but I just feel like it really wasn't a thing. And so I had really limited access to books in the summer. We would spend one week down on um, at the beach and there was a bookstore, Christian bookstore. And my mom would buy me like one or two books. And I would read those books over and over and over again because I didn't have much access to it. So then enter, you know, we get to middle school and high school. And I just felt like the books were just kind of shoved down my throat. You have to read these books. And you guys are probably thinking, you know, exactly which books I'm talking about. Some of them I really loved but a lot of them, I did not, I, I didn't understand what was going on in the books. And it was just like, you have to read this and you have, and then I had all these other classes and I was always trying to borrow cliff notes from my friends because I mean, I didn't have access to get to anywhere. There was no Amazon to order cliff books back then, which now you don't even need to order the books. They're probably just all online. 
but I didn't have a love of learning and reading when I left high school as much. I mean, it was kind of like borderline. And then I went to college. And by the time I graduated with my bachelor's, I didn't read. To be honest, I did not read for a couple of years. It wasn't until I had my first daughter and I had a lot of questions about babies. There was no internet like there is now. I couldn't go and Google and look things up. So I started to read a little bit and it just, I was like, wow, I actually like reading when it is something that I am interested in. And I was determined that I was going to raise my kids to be different and differently than how, I don't want to say differently than how I was raised because that's not, that's not what I mean. But I wanted to give them the opportunity to be able to read the things that they love and to learn from books. We started off with not homeschooling them. And I still was really into reading to them and getting them books. And I would um, hit all of the garage sales and buy so many books. I remember like going to one when they were really young. And I look back now because I would be like the older mom. And I was so excited about the books. And I remember her being like, just take them, just take them like 25 cents for a box. And I think I walked away with four boxes, like a dollar. I was like a kid in a candy shop. I was so excited. And as my kids have gotten older, I've held on to some of those books. But most of those books I passed on because they created so many memories for me and my kids that I wanted other families to have that as well. And my kids, so now they're all older. Youngest is 14. And they all love to read, but differently. Like they all had their own journey. Not to read differently. They all read the same. They open up the book and they read the words on the pages. But they have different areas of interest so let's give for an example, uh, my middle kiddo, he would read or, and now I find out that he faked reading a lot of, not a lot, but some of the books that I gave him to read because I wanted him to be um, exposed to a large variety of different books and then, then be able to pick genres and pick things that he liked. It wasn't really until he started becoming interested in business in high school that he started devouring books even more. And if you were to look at his bookshelf, he has a huge stack of business books. He borrows books from the library. And so it really wasn't until he had a super desire to learn those things. Now he did read some books and I focused a lot on fiction or historical fiction when they were really young. And then we kind of would get into biographies. So why am I telling you this? Because I want you to possibly recognize you and your children and your family in this type of situation, this scenario. And hopefully this story makes you feel Ah, okay, we're normal. And well, even if it's just you and I, we're, we're at least you know that it's you and I here in this boat. So let's talk now about how to instill the love of reading in your homeschooler and why this is important. Let's start with why reading is important to give you a framework and to give you a reason for why to spend time and to focus and to make this a priority. Basically, readers know no bounds. I used no K-N-O-W with no N-O. So there are no boundaries to life and the opportunities and, and the possibilities out there. When it comes to reading and we have little kiddos, we read picture books to them, and then we cannot wait for the time when we can start reading chapter books to them. They can start reading you know, picture books and then chapter books, and then they can just go on from there. It's so much fun to be able to watch that journey. And the really fun thing about being a homeschool mom is being able to watch them enjoy some of the books that you really enjoyed as a child as well. And you, and as a high schooler, as a teenager too, being able to give those books to them. 
One of the books that I remember introducing to my kiddos, um, middle school, high school, was Where the Red Fern Grows. And I that was one of the few books in my high school education that I really loved. And I remember my daughter reading it first, you know, years ago. She might have been 13, 14. And I knew she was getting to the end and she would read before bed. And I went in and uh, kind of checked to see where she was at. And I gave myself like, I was like, okay, about 10 minutes. And I came back in. 10 minutes later, and she's sitting there crying because I knew it was the moment in the book. And I was like, I know. <laughs> so I would, we were able to talk through that and stuff. It sounds terrible, like, because I had to share this book that brings tears at the end. But it's such an amazing book. All of my kids have really loved it. So why do I say that there's so many opportunities when kids read? Well, let's think about this in the context of social media. You can be a social media, quote unquote, influencer, right? And you can put out, so let's just use Instagram because I've been, I'm most familiar with that, been on there for a long time. You could put together reels, you could put together posts, you can put together these things and just, and that's it. You just give 15 second sound bites to people. When you are only, when people are only consuming 15 second sound bites, it's not, there isn't the richness, the depth there. When someone takes the time, if that same person, no matter what the subject is, say it's about gardening and they give you 15 second tidbits of information, that could be really helpful information. But if that same person was to write a book, you would have the depth of that. You would have access to it right there while you're in the middle of gardening as well. And you can go back and you can take a look at, say you're trying to figure out um, onions how to grow onions. And you can go to their section all about how to grow onions and just get that depth and have that resource right there. And you know that that person who went from just maybe 15 second reels and then went to actually writing an entire book, you know that they have the depth of knowledge and they have the information that is really going to help you because anybody can put together a 15 second reel. I mean, just take a look at TikTok right there, right? Or they don't call it do they, uh, they don't call it reels there, whatever they call it. So that's why I really think there's an importance on books versus social media. You can get a little bit of good information from social media, but where else is that put, person putting out more information or where is somebody putting out just a rich, richness and a depth? Because anybody can do the fluffy stuff, but to get to the really heart of things. And this goes with fiction too. We can really enjoy the time just kind of getting lost in a good way, as long as they're good books in books. And it really creates, um, just think about your imagination when somebody tells a story, even just a short story, and you picture it in your mind. And it really activates just different parts of your brain when you are reading. So let's talk now about how do we instill a love of learning in our kiddos? First one here, super important And I want you, mom, I want you to read aloud to them. I don't care if they're two years old. I don't care if they're 12 years old. I don't care if they're 17 years old. Read to them. As long as you are homeschooling them, you have the authority in your homeschool to say, this is what we are doing. I have read to all of my high schoolers. And, you know, sometimes the boys are like, really, mom? But you know what? They sit down. And they listen, and I'll look over as I'm reading to them, and I'll see them kind of smile a little bit. They are enjoying themselves. Don't let them fool you, okay? And nobody says that you have to have different voices for all the characters or anything like that. You don't have to. It is good to read with a little bit of 
um, inflection in your voice. That's always helpful, but you don't have to have like a squeaky mouse voice for the one person and a deep, uh, rugged voice for another character, but reading aloud to your kiddos. And when they're really little, it's just going to be picture books. And as they get older, it's just uh, more in-depth books and it can be whatever, you know, whatever your family wants. What are your values? What is, and this is going back to your goals and your vision, which if you're like, I don't have those things and I'm starting homeschooling, you're going to head over to the beginner's guide to homeschooling because that's what we're going to do in there. I promise you. And you'll be able to then to really pick out books that are going to align with your family, with your goals, your vision, your values, your morals, and the direction that you want to take your homeschool and the entire lifestyle. So the second thing is going along with read alouds, audiobooks. And these can be a great resource if you are in the middle of a homeschool year where you're spending a lot of time in the car, audiobooks are the solution. I had a couple of those homeschool years that were like that. Now this is back in the day when you had to get CDs, which you can still do. But I borrow CDs from the library and we listen to books like that. You could do that. You can get CDs from the library. You can get downloads, whatever your preference is for listening to audiobooks. This is a great way of also kids, quote unquote, learning and getting in some, you know, school time while you are driving around running errands, uh, trips. This is a taking vacations. It's great to listen to audiobooks. You can listen as a family. Each of your kids could have different books that they are listening to. The fun thing about audiobooks is that kids can listen to them and then they can be doing something else. My kiddos will listen to books and they will then be creating something with their hands, working with tools or painting or something creative that they're doing. And it's stimulating their mind, their, their brain, but they're also then using their hands as well. Audiobooks is a great way for kiddos that aren't quite ready to read yet on their own and are maybe feeling a little bit frustrated, or you are feeling like the pressure that they need to be reading, and you have done a read aloud, but you don't have hours and hours to read to them, audiobooks are the solution. I want you to think of where you can fit those into your day, into your homeschool day, into your after hours, we'll say homeschool on your weekends. So here's tip number three here is I want you to allow your kids to see you reading. That will help them internalize the importance. Remember that more is caught than taught. You could tell them until you are blue in the face that they need to read books, but if they never see you reading a book, they are going to know that it's really not that important. It's just something mom is telling me to do. But if it was really important, mom would be doing it as well. So think of it like this. Hey, little Johnny, you need to clean your room. Well, if your bedroom, if your master bedroom is a disaster, he's not going to understand what the importance is of why he should clean his room. So we model the things that we want our children to catch on to. So I want you to remember that more, more is caught than taught. And I want you to let them see you reading and they will internalize that importance. Now let's talk about on the flip side here. If you have a kiddo that is not interested in reading, here is my number one tip. Don't push it. And I want you to keep doing those three things I mentioned. I want you to be reading aloud to this child. I want you to have them listen to audiobooks. I want you to allow them to catch you reading and make sure that they see you reading. Maybe there's times where 
They're listening to an audiobook while you are reading as well. We say, hey, this is our reading half hour. So don't push it. When we push things on kids, they can tend to become defensive. I want you to also, when they are reading, or even if they're just looking through the pictures of a book, let them read whatever they want within reason. We want to make sure that the books are not inappropriate, but if they want to read comic books, go ahead. I had a kiddo who was obsessed with reading Calvin and Hobbes. And I eventually, I was like, why am I getting upset that he's reading this and not another book? Just let him read it. He, there's words he's reading. And by me relaxing and letting go of that, he was relaxed and was able then to pick up other books and read other books. Now, if you have a kiddo that is making some excuses and saying things like, well, I don't like to read, I want you to take that as a cue. They might be using that as a defense mechanism because there might be some type of difficulty or struggle. And I want you to check and look into that and do what you need to do to find out, is there some type of difficulty or struggle with reading? And that is why they are saying that they don't like to read. And at some point with your kiddos, you're probably going to find out that they just don't like certain genres. And I want you then to decide, is this a battle worth fighting? So you have a kiddo, you would, let's give this example. You'd like them to read a biography and they read it and they're sluggish and they're complaining and it just takes a lot of work and you want them to read another biography. You might find that their maturity level just might not be up to it or it might be a person that they're not interested in. And at that point, you have to decide do I just let this go? Is this a battle that is worth digging my my feet into? Is that what it is? Digging my toes into? Whatever it is. Is this a battle worth fighting? If it is, then get creative and figure out how to go about that. Maybe an audiobook is the answer. But maybe it's just, let's take a step back from this genre right now and let's just let them read some other things and we can then come back to it. Now let's get into that disclaimer that I mentioned earlier in the episode. If at the end of all your homeschool years, you still have a kiddo that just doesn't love reading, it's okay. Don't be dismayed. You do what you can do as a mom. And eventually they will be out on their own. They have to make their own life decisions. There are much bigger battles to fight and to win when we are raising our children. If they are voracious readers, but you haven't really bonded with them or you haven't passed on your family's values to them, well, you know, which battle battle do you want? Where, Where should you put your time and your energy? And eventually they need to decide. But my hope is that by sharing my story of myself that you probably can recognize yourself or others that you know, is that we do this in a way we try to instill a love of reading without killing that love of reading and that love of learning so that they continue to do so throughout their entire life. And then they pass it on to next generations as well. So don't be dismayed. Don't put the weight of all of this. And I know there's a lot of people out there saying you have to read your kids. You have to read your kids. Yeah, read your kids. And there were some years I did not do a ton of reading, but there was audiobooks, And I had my older kiddos read to my youngest kiddo. I know I've mentioned that before. I think he listened to them read to them like during some seasons in life more than he listened to me read to him. But, you know, he turned out okay. You know, there's just only so much time and so much that us as homeschool moms have to uh, take on every single day. I am really excited about all of the reading and all of the learning and the bonding that your family is going to do uh, over that, over the next however many years you have left of homeschooling. 
One last plug right here, Beginner's Guide to Homeschooling. You're going to head over to littlebylittlehomeschool.com. Get started today in as little as one week, you can be up and running. I know that there's fall break, there's Thanksgiving break, Christmas break. I have worked with a lot of moms that have taken their kids out of school during those different breaks. It seemed like a good transition time. And we were able to then get them good and up and running and set up by that time that their kiddo was then pulled out of school. And if you have pulled your kid out of school and you're like, I don't know what to do. We're kind of floundering over here. It's okay. It's not too late. It's never too late. Go head over to littlebylittlehomeschool.com. Get all the details on the Beginner's Guide to Homeschooling, and we're going to have you good to go in no time at all. Let's forget all of that wasted time of Googling and all the things. Let's figure out what is best for you and your family this homeschool year. All right, friend, this has been a fun episode. I hope that it has encouraged you, and I will see you back here in just a couple more days. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.